Christ is Lord. He is Lord and none other. Yes, he is Lord. He has risen from the dead, and he is Lord. Every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And you're my Lord. Yes. <laughs> fan. Fan. You're my Lord. You have risen from the dead, and you're my Lord. And my knees shall bow, and my tongue confess. That Jesus Christ is Lord. Oh, Lord, we thank you for the word that you have given. We thank you for the inspiration that you bring forth. We thank you that, that you have a plan through all this darkness to bring us into your marvelous light. We thank you, Lord, for you are good and your mercy endures forever, that you direct our pathways, that you never leave us nor forsake us, and that you know our names and you care about each one of us. You know our backgrounds and you do not choose to see that in our background that is, that is troubling to us and we need to let it go. We thank you, Lord, that you are, you are calling forth words of hope now that this darkness and everything seems so bleak and dire. You are still the light of our salvation, the light of our path, and our hope is in you. I, I want to speak, um, I, I did a little of this preaching to uh to a couple people in Canterbury Books here earlier this week. Um, the, the biggest thing that, that I, I uh, struggle with and, and are concerned with with the pandemic and the isolation that it caused all this self-distancing and uh, what do they call it? Shelter at home. That's the one I was looking for. Um, the the thing that wouldn't allow us to meet face to face with each other the things that are going on with that in in the development in our lives we'll start with just an example that you you're probably going to see next year when they start playing baseball again 
the whole minor leagues is not playing this year, they will not have a chance to develop. When we had our children looking uh, that, that should have been in school, when we see them relating only on these Zoom casts, which cannot deal at all with the totality of development, of our social development of these little ones. The social development of our little ones has been hurt by this uh, isolation um, because they have not had their aunts and uncles, their grandparents, and the influence that we are to be in children's lives. They have had very little of this uh, in many homes. Um, I have not let that happen with mine. <laughs> Even as we went through a, a small bout with uh, testing positive that, that didn't have any symptomatic things uh, that had to do with COVID. Um, but even then, I did not separate myself from them. Um, God, was, God was good and blessed, blessed me with being able to visit them because we were going through it together. Um, grandparents are, are, and are very important to the, to the development of children. Um, grandparents are the ones that mom and daddy always say no and, and have draconian measures that they bring upon the children. But grandparents are the ones that say, well, let's see if we can get that for you, <laughs> if, we can, if we can work through that problem. Let's see if there's a way. And, yeah, you know, more eyes on something, the better chance you have of solving the problem. <laughs> Although, unless they argue. Um, that, that is a, a great concern with me if Jesus tarries, which, again, if you've been listening to me, I don't think that's going to happen for very long. Um, if Jesus tarries and that next generation has to go on, they will have lost these things in development from not having this several months without the important people in their lives, without having the social things that they need to develop and grow in. Um, one thing it has that has happened with with the uh, demonstrations and even the riots um, is is that we have have seen that we as Christians need to grow in our passion. We see the passion that hits the streets. Sometimes we don't see it here. If I'm being honest, sometimes we don't see it with, within uh, our Christian communities. Sometimes that passion is lacking in a lot of places. And we should take note. 
as I was raised in the Church of Christ. My grandfather was a pastor in the Church of Christ. Um, I hope that things have improved a little bit there, but when I saw with the, the news things with Vietnam and all that, you would see the Buddhist monks, they'd be burning themselves for what they believed in. Now, I don't suggest that we do that, but it showed to me they had a passion that I wasn't seeing. And it, it, it had to have the charismatic renewal come along for me to start to see some of that passion returning to the church. And, and at that point, I was ready to accept Jesus as my Savior. But I needed to see that passion. Um, Father's Day, we've just celebrated. And Abraham was, we were shared with that Abraham was the father of faith. Now, one thing I, I jotted down as we saw Abraham being the father of faith was that what was the father of faith called to do? Be fruitful and multiply. Yeah, as we start being fathers of faith, we will see the fruitfulness and the multiplication that we have been seeking. That is the important part of that first part that we, the, of fathers of faith that, uh, fa- that our speaker um, addressed. Um, I thought he did a, a, a very good job in, in speaking on the importance of faith and, and fatherhood and, and living by faith, setting that example. Um, as, at the men's breakfast on Saturday, I referred to something that I wrote that I didn't find because it's not for me to do today. <laughs> That I, that I did a long time ago on, on the roles of fathers biblically. And in, in that, I remembered from that that in Genesis, it talked about being the father of those who tended cattle, the father of the, the ones who, who uh, fathers of praise, um, Jubal, that father, and the fathers of musical things. Um, fathers are the creators of customs in our lives. That Sometimes that's not our earthly father that we take that. Sometimes we let immature friends father things in our lives, bring about customs. That oftentimes is because a father is neglected, or a father wasn't there, that something else comes in to fill that void. Um, we do not desire to have that happen. We want to be fathered by the Word of God. So many out there are now fathered by things that they've learned in school that are contrary to God. Um, Again, with, with isolation, you see in countries that have lived in isolation in their histories, 
that fear and paranoia and ideas that were born out of coincidence and not out of truth being spoken of as truth. We do not want that for our children. We want them to get into this Word of God and know the truth, that the truth will not only set them free, but keep them free. Now, I, I want to get to the text that I was planning on doing today, and it's the story of Mary Magdalene. And starting verse 19, the same evening, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. <laughs> yep, they had fears too when they were isolated. Came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace unto you. Oops, oops, I skipped ahead. But that's good too. That's good too. I, that wasn't where I was going. But that's good too. But because yes, we need to realize as we're talking isolation that they had isolated themselves through fear. It took the women to go to the tomb and see what was going on at the tomb and then bring them in. Now back to 15, Jesus said unto her, Mary Magdalene, Woman, why weep you? Why do you weep? Who seeks you? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said unto him, Sir, if you have borne him from here, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said unto her, Mary. She turned herself and said unto him, Rabboni which is to say, Master. Mary did not recognize him by just his appearance. Mary recognized him because she had heard that voice before. She knew that voice to, to be that of her master, and that master called her by name. Now, others that called her by name would look at her and say, Mary, the harlot. Mary, the enticer of men to sin. Mary, um, whatever epithets they had given to, whatever names they had put upon her. But Jesus was a name changer in her life. Jesus did not see that, but Jesus saw her with love. And our love, as being the voice of Jesus in situations, can help others to see that, that they are worthwhile. Help ourselves to see that we're, we're worthwhile as we recognize what Jesus thinks of us, how Jesus sees us, not how those things of the past that we aren't to hang on to for we're a new creation in him, those things are not us anymore. The enemy 
during these times will use isolation. We, we mentioned in uh, men's breakfast yesterday because we had a veteran um, of Desert Storm um, there, and we talked about the enemy will pick off those that don't abide in the vine, if they, they leave the vine for a couple of days. As he was sharing, he left off reading the word and doing his devotions for two days. And what voice started coming in his ear? The one that said, you need to worry about this. You need to worry about this other thing. You need... Anything that got his eyes off of Jesus, off of the word of God and the truth that is therein, the truth of who God calls us. When we were isolated, we had a forced forsaking of the assembling of each other as the day draws near. Hebrews 10, 24, and 25 tells us pointedly not to do that. Do any of you out there think the day is not drawing near? No, I don't, I don't think there are many, at least that know the Lord, that don't see that. But yet, like the Jews... Or, or, or like uh, the disciples who were hiding for fear of the Jewish authorities. They were held back with fear. And some of, some of you, I know, have physical conditions that you had to be extra cautious. We, we all understand that. There's, there's wisdom, too. There's a balance to that. But um, we allow ourselves to have government say don't be teaching in this name don't don't get together don't support one another by coming together don't get your gifts working together by coming together we had a time of forced forsaking of that. I'm glad that we are now able to meet. But what happens in that time? That we weren't abiding in the vine with the others. Uh, well, I stayed home and slept, or maybe I turned on uh, a TV broadcast, or maybe our podcast, um, yeah, so I got by, and maybe the next week of the podcast and, and that of isolation, the laziness gets more. You don't get into the Word. You don't share with your brothers and sisters. You don't hear what God is saying because you can't just see it in and looking at people. There is, there is an anointing that is over God's church, where his sanctuary, where his word is being spoken. It is something we cannot neglect. 
You know, I've, I've called this time a, a dress rehearsal for his coming. Now, hopefully we learn from the mistakes of this and know what we've got to do, know when we have to be brave, know when we have to, to step up, and know when to be like Peter says and say, do we obey the laws of men or we, do we obey God? As for me and my house, we will obey God. And we might be out in the streets like those that are passionate right now for the cause that, that they are, are going after, which has a lot of merit. There is a lot of merit. I've learned a, a couple of things, and, and I want to learn more. Uh, um, I'll have to ask some of my friends about, about the one, but I learned about the, the uh, Juneteenth and did not realize that there was a couple of years in between um, before the state of Texas came, uh, was, was caught up and, and released the slaves. Um, the one that I, I need to ask about is uh, something of Wall Street that they were talking about that happened in 1921. Um, I wanted to look up and do more research on that. Um, I'm not sure what happened in that one, but I would be interested to know. Um, we want to treat our brothers and sisters. We want to treat other people as Jesus would treat us. And sometimes we've fallen short of that. I think we've grown, but then when, when we got away from it, we, we maybe got lazy. And when we get lazy, we lose things. Remember, assemble with one another. Now, we need for communications on both sides to happen. We need to assemble with one another. Um, I, I know when I went to a Right for Life rally at a black church and I tried to say hello and, and converse with the family in front of me and they were like, nuh-uh. Nuh-uh, they, they weren't going to, going to include me. Um... We can't be like that to each other. Um, and in, in white churches, um, expectations, uh, old thoughts that we may have been raised with, and something that I, I, I think that, that's been neglected in this conversation, um, kids pick up racism, they pick that up, at home, through things they hear and the attitudes of their parents or others around them. But they also pick it up in school when, when bullying is allowed and it has a racial component. White people have bullied black kids 
over the years. And black kids have bullied white kids when the situations arose. And those are the kind of things when you're a kid have a lasting thing that works in your head. It, it, it is hard to get rid of. Um, we have the responsibility once we are able to, once we get older, once we get a little more mature, to forgive. But those things have had an imprint. And so we, we need to, to see it happen at the schools that they get serious about not allowing bullying. Um, what are some of the things that were, that were called? What does God call us? We're accepted in the beloved, and <laughs> Betty, you're, you're right on it. The number one thing that he calls us is beloved. No, no, no. How could he love me? How, how could he love me? He, he knows what I did. He knows when I failed him. He knows when I failed others and I've done terrible things. Um, remember from last week, he loved Manasseh when Manasseh turned around and, and, and recognized and repented. As we are his children, from a, another previous one that we did, our father, the Lord's Prayer. We have a blood relationship with our Father through the blood of Jesus Christ. And therefore, because of what he has done, we are a new creation. We have a Father that looks to us to do like Manasseh and repent when we have failed. And and sincerely repent and do that which is right. We have a responsibility to grow and not stay where we are. We have a responsibility of not being lazy, as, as I said, as has happened um, with gaps in, uh, in civil rights matters where things were forgotten over a period of time by some, by many, because the spotlight was off of them. We um, are, are also called, we are lights. We are lights. We are a reflection of him. We are saints, the sanctified, set apart, Holy Ones of our Lord. Wow. <laughs> wow. We are trees planted by the water. What are the characteristics of that tree? It is stable. It has a firm foundation. It is not easily moved. It bears fruit. Now, 
John 1, 4, 7 talks about how we should be addressing each other. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. He that loves not knows not God, for God is love. We need to, to love one another, even, even when we don't think something is going our way, even when the circumstances is, is such that, that we don't understand what's happening. Um, the experts, as, as was pointed out today, don't have a lot of understanding of what is happening in a lot of things. So we're getting all kinds of contradictory information. First um, Peter 2.9, getting back to some of the things that we are called. But you are a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar, extraordinary people that you should show forth the praises of him who called you out of his darkness into his marvelous light. We are this chosen generation for this time. We need to stand as, as we are called to stand taking on the full armor of God, doing all you can to stand, stand. We are a royal priesthood, that that brings forth God's word into situations, that that helps reach down to the people that are hurting and, and bring them comfort. We're a holy nation, only in him. You know, I, I'm not holy in myself, but I am the righteousness of God in Christ. That we should, and then we're a peculiar people. Yeah, yeah, we're a little, little different because we're extraordinary because who our Father is. And we're different. We don't think as the world thinks because we know of our eternal destiny. We know our Father who art in heaven. We know our Jesus. We know the Holy Spirit that guides us and leads us. And through the knowing of these things, um, we show forth the praises of him who called us out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. Um, I want to read one last scripture. Psalm 137.4 How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Um, we've, a couple of us have had a little trouble saying, what are they doing not singing the song in a strange land? Um, they want to make it more familiar. They sing the song. They sing the song of God. They sing a song of praise. Um, if they want to stay in the strange land of their circumstances, they sing the song of 
Oh, woe is me, I'm underneath the circumstances. Well, what are you doing under those circumstances? <laughs> One of the old-time guys that I listened to uh, used to used to say, Bob, what are you under, doing under those circumstances? Any of you that remember Bob Mumford? Um, but but Jack Hayford and, and the heart's heart of praise on this verse says, how often life's moves and changes put us in a strange land. What's happening around us? Do you guys recognize this? Uh-uh. But what do we recognize in it? The Lord is with us. But Hear the psalmist, for he also understands how difficult it is to sing the Lord's song in a strange land when things become foreign to our plans. Disappointing transitions, setbacks, and strange settings can spin our plans around and set our lives askew. Our challenge is not to allow circumstances to block our prayers or silence our praise. What have we been praising during this time? Yes, yes. Hopefully we've been praising Jesus. Um, we might fall into those little things of, of poor me, I'm in this, but, and, and thus we'd be praising the circumstances. No, we're praising Jesus who we recognize is in the situation, who's in the lion's den with us, who's in the fire. You can be honest and admit it that it's just easier to praise in some settings than others, but go ahead and praise the Lord anyway. So, um, in closing, we've we've had we've had a time, we've had isolation, we have a God who knows us by name, who knows our past but chooses to see our future. And we need to have that kind of vision too, to see our future and see our present is with him and our future goes beyond. It says forever and ever. And I take that to mean there's something beyond forever even there is an ever beyond that. So be blessed as you go through the rest of your week. Remember to praise God. Remember to, to have fellowship with one another and to not forsake the coming together. Um, at this time, I, I remember that I have a lot of you out there with the, the podcast that have not had a chance to give, the opportunity to give. And if you would desire to send tithes or offerings um, or both, if you have the desire to do so, um, if you don't have a place that that you can do that to um, show your faith that he will um, see that which you have done and that he will bring blessing with it.
if you have the desire to do that and have not another place or or if you desire to give to more than one place. Um, our address is Gentle Shepherd Fellowship, 2905 Bildall Street, Rockford, Illinois, zip code 61109. Um, you can uh, contact us through um, our webpage and get more information. Um, you, if, if this has led you to see that you need Jesus as your Savior, as I always say, the currency that God is most interested in is souls. The, the giving financially shows your faith, and that's a good thing. But he wants first to ha- for you to have that faith in him, that saving faith. So I ask that you would pray with me now. Dear Jesus, I have heard your word. I hear in my heart that it is truth. And I know that I need a Savior, that I can't do it on my own. There are perilous times ahead, and I need you to direct me. There is an eternity that I will face one way or the other, and I would rather face it with you than to go down where the worm dies not, and that there is darkness, and in you there is no darkness, In you, there is only day for that eternity. I accept you, Lord Jesus, as my Savior. And I choose to repent from the ways that I have been been going that are not pleasing to you. I desire to walk in the light of your countenance. Accept me, please, Jesus. For I reach out to you in in humility and ask you into my heart now in Jesus' name. Amen. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Throw it away. Because I know Oh, he holds the future And life is worth the living Just because he lives God sent his son They call him Jesus, he came to love, heal and forgive, he lived and died, to buy my pardon, An empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. Because he lives, 
I can face tomorrow because he lives. All fear is gone and hope is there because I know Oh, he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives. Yeah, and because he lives, I also shall live. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, well, hopefully see you next week. Maybe see some of you in on Sunday where our services are at, at 10 o'clock. Um, and you can worship together with us and learn the strength of, of worshiping together in his name. Amen. <laughs>